0: Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story, in this post-4th of July sports world. Yeah, yeah. Matt, I I guess the biggest international sports story is the U.S. Women's National Team has won the Women's World Cup for the fourth time, uh, doubling up Germany, the next closest team in terms of total cup wins, who has two. Okay. It was about what people expected. The U.S. allowed three goals over the course of the tournament. Uh, Two of the three women who tied for the most goals in the tournament were on the U.S. team. Megan Rapinoe took home the golden boot for most goals because she did it in the fewest number of minutes after sitting out an entire game and subbing (laughs) in a couple others.
1: Yeah, a tiebreaker that I didn't know existed until today. But interesting, you know better that than give it out to three people
0: i suppose yeah uh and so there you know there you have it that the four-time champs um yeah 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 i mean uh you know a,
1: a a good run up i think they were the number one team in the world you know by the by the fifa rankings coming in so they were certainly expected to if not win be you know one of the prime contenders um and uh yeah i mean it was it was entertaining um you know, of course, every year that something like this happens, when the, you know, then the, the discussion turns to, you know, is this going to be the start of soccer becoming big time? I, I, I don't I don't know what you think about that. I mean, I like soccer. I always feel like there's people on both extremes of that. And I don't agree with either one. Not one moment is going to make soccer our national pastime, probably never will be. But it's certainly gotten more popular overall and uh, you know, than it was when we were kids that's great, too. Like, I I kind of fall in the middle ground there. I'm not sure where you fall.
0: I think that soccer is going to continue gaining in popularity, obviously, in addition to the women's match that happened earlier today. uh, The men's team's taking on Mexico tonight, which, you know, is expected to... Yeah, and it's expected to be a, you know, pretty big night of TV watching for soccer on Fox Sports 1, and, you know, maybe... 10, 12 years ago, this would have just been a night dominated by summer league basketball and, Probably, you know, Sunday yeah, night baseball.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's gained in popularity from from when we were in, you know, uh, grade school and high school. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, the MLS, which started as a fledgling league uh, with just, to, you know, what, 10 or 12 teams now has close to 30, uh, many of them in soccer only stadiums, which would have been, you know, you had said that 20 years ago would have been laughable. Um, and and now many of them are getting stadiums built for themselves. They're not playing in gigantic football stadiums with, with, you know, three-quarters of the seats tarped off. So, I mean, it has definitely gained. Will it ever be as popular here as it is in England and Spain and Germany? No, I I don't think we'll see that. Um, You know, and that's why I say I kind of fall in the middle. I think people go to the extremes. Oh, soccer will never be anything here. It already is. Um, Oh, soccer's going to rule the day. I don't think that's going to happen either.
0: Well, it's anchored by a very loyal core group sure, of fans, sure. um, and and honestly, I think the women's team as much or more so than the men's team. I, I saw one story pointed out that the women's jersey actually outsold the men's jersey. Uh, yeah, the style of it outsold the men's style. Really, you, you know. Really. for the official jersey sales. Um, And obviously a lot of athletes are getting on board in support of the equal pay uh, movement for the women's national team. And it's – to me, I think it's generating talking points that are now going beyond, you know, hey, we're playing as the U.S. and – you know, hey, we won or hey, we lost. People are starting to care more deeply. ESPN's doing a little bit more in-depth. The players are becoming, I think, a little bit more famous year-round, you know, outside of it. That's probably true. Uh, You know, I mean. You talk about the women's team in in specific. Yeah, I mean, because it used to be Mia Hamm Mm -hmm. and Brandi Chastain, if only because of her goal celebration.
1: Brandy Chastain wasn't famous before that. I mean, not that I recall, at least. Yeah, yeah, because of the 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 fact that she had that winning kick and the specific celebration for it, and -hmm. it was the Rose Bowl, and you know, I mean, it was in the U.S., and so that that resonated more too.
0: But I I I think think that you know, I think Alex Morgan is known now. She is a known commodity. I honestly, I think that as far as personalities go. Julie Ertz uh, from Mesa yeah. is becoming yeah. more and more of a personality, if only because people keep contrasting the support sure. she gave her husband, Zach Ertz, and right. that he's given her, you know, attending right. exactly. games and things yeah. like that. Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, I, I suppose some of that is, is, it's been around longer, I mean, and you know, this is what, the, the, so the Women's World Cup goes back to 1991, not that long, but it's got some history now to it more than it did, you know, when we were kids, when it was pretty new. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, there's, there's also different ways to keep yourself relevant. I mean, they have a league now. Their, their league doesn't get a lot of attention.
0: Although um, it, it did just sign a new deal. The did, NWSL it did, it, signed a deal and it's got, uh, Budweiser ran a full page ad on the back yeah. of the New York times sports section today. Uh, coming out as a major sponsor for the yeah, NWSL. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it you know, a, a run like this can't hurt that cause. Um, I don't know how much it will help, but we'll see. Um, you know, but, but where I was going to go with it is, you know, we've, we've now got uh, forums and, and it starts with, you know, Twitter and Instagram and these type of things that, that athletes like an Alex Morgan can stay relevant on. Um, we don't necessarily, you know, I mean, this gets into more celebrity culture than sports, but you don't have to really do anything in a way to be famous. I mean, you know, the greatest example of this would probably be the Kardashian family. What exactly do they do? What made them famous? Uh, you know, their they're, their dad being associated with OJ.
0: They're famous uh, you know, for being famous. Right. And, and so I'm not, I'm not saying
1: that, that, you know, Alex Morgan is that, but there is that um, ability that once you achieve some fame, that you can remain famous even if you're not really doing anything more. And so that, you know, I mean, she can, she can put out, you know, pictures and videos of herself and tweets and she can remain relevant without necessarily needing to be in, you know, soccer, big, big time soccer games to, you know, on a, on a weekly or monthly basis, um, that didn't exist back then. You know, I mean, for, for somebody like Mia Hamm was relevant in large part because she married Omar Garcia Parra. Um, you know, and she was probably the most famous player and the, you know. Well, she was the, the best. of women's soccer. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like that helped her remain relevant. And, and, you know, but these forms didn't exist back then. And, and so I think all of that contributes, um, you know, they, they have gotten more relevant and more famous. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I am not an anti-soccer person at all. I, I liked soccer when I was a kid. I didn't play it because um, I wasn't any good at it. But, you know, I'd, I'd watch back when it was not easy. I, You know, I'd watch Fox Sports um, used to have, you know, a weekly Premier League match that they would replay on Sunday afternoons. And, and I'd watch it, um, you know, when I was a kid. Now it's, you know, now you can watch just about any game you want live. You can watch, you know, Serie A from Italy on ESPN Plus. and And, you know, I think Fox has the Spanish League. And I mean, you know, you have more, so much more access to it than you used to. And that's because the demand has increased. I mean, let's not, uh, you know, that's, that goes hand in hand. If people weren't watching it, these networks wouldn't be paying for
0: it to put it on here. Absolutely true. Um, so, it, you know, it's interesting, I, you know, like you said, this is always the conversation. Did, have we turned a corner? Is this going to be, yeah. you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a corner turning moment we're ever going to see where it's like, that was the time that soccer became the dominant sport in the U.S. I don't think that's going to happen, but has it made gains? Does it continue to make gains? Does something like this help that? Yeah, I think so.
0: Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, I don't. I don't think that's a question. And, and it's the other thing is we're we're running out of events. You need live events to right. bring people together. Well. Soccer will become perhaps just at least another live event. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I mean, and this is obviously
1: a, a time of year where in the U.S. at least uh, there isn't a lot of competition. As you said, you know, if it wasn't for the, you know, the game this morning and the game tonight, both featuring U.S. teams, what would be the main attraction in sports? There probably wouldn't be one. It's, you know, I guess summer league basketball, if you're a basketball fan, I'm sitting here watching it right now. But there probably wouldn't be one. There's no baseball game tonight. It's just This is a slow time. And, and so even though I know, um, uh, you know, I guess the women's soccer team has voiced their complaints about having other events scheduled today. The Copa America final was just just concluded a little bit ago. And then the Gold Cup final. I mean, in some ways, from a, from a United States perspective, maybe not worldwide it's genius. But, you know, to put three games on in one day and, you tell know, yeah, you, you watch the women's game in the morning. If you want to watch Brazil-Peru, that was on at one. And then you got the U.S. and Mexico tonight at six. So, you know, in a, in a time where there isn't a lot of competition for the sports attention, that, that was brilliant, as far as I'm concerned, again, in, in the American market.
0: Now, one of the reasons why you have a lot of time uh, and attention is, we finally wrapped up the First-tier free agents in NBA free agency uh, with with the opening night of Summer League post-midnight Eastern time announcement of uh, Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers uh, and Paul George being secured by trading five picks and two pick swaps, four unprotected firsts and a protected first, as well as Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Danilo Gallinari which honestly is a huge haul for Sam Preston. It is, it is, and, and completed,
1: I mean, and it's funny that you said that and I felt the same way, you know, we finally wrapped it up. Well, I mean, in, from, from when free agency actually started, it's it's been just a little over exactly one week. It was 3 o'clock my time, 5 o'clock your time last Sunday that the, the bell officially rang, um, and it was, well, what, it was about two weeks before that that the Anthony Davis trade became – quote-unquote official, of him
0: going to the Lakers. It wasn't official until yeah. yesterday. I was going to say, but, but of it, course it wasn't official. Just like 90% right. of the moves that had happened, it felt right. like, right. where right. everything you know? was waiting because everyone had to wait and see what was going to happen with Kawhi. Right, right. And, and then, you know, the, the I mean the, just the legalities
1: of the time and all that. But, it, I mean, it's crazy because one thing I was thinking yesterday was it almost felt like the Anthony Davis move happened like six months ago. And that when they didn't get Kawhi Leonard, the reaction was, oh, disappointment for the Lakers. Like, in the last three weeks, they added, a you know, a top five, top ten player in the league who's in his 20s, who still has a lot of good, you know, not adding a guy who's over the hill or anything like that. Like, you know, yeah, I'm sure they wanted Kawhi Leonard. And it's, you know, it's a bit of a letdown when you think, boy, they could have had, you know, these three megastars. But they still added Anthony Davis. And, like, you know, let's not, you know, be too sad for the Lakers.
0: It feels like the haul that the Thunder got for Paul George was greater than the haul the Pelicans got for Davis. However, I think it is. I
1: mean, in draft picks, it is at
0: least. Well, and and I think that, you know, Ingram sounds like he's still the best player option uh, of the players' exchange, Mm -hmm. but I think SGA is even with yeah. or slightly ahead of Ball and a year younger. Yeah, yeah, a guy that, you know, the Clippers were really high on,
1: I know, after just one year that he could be a guy that, you know, would become a star in the near future and, and certainly, uh, you know, obviously looks like a foundational piece of that trade for Oklahoma City. That was a trade that, you know, completely came out of nowhere. Um, I didn't hear that one, you know, rumored or suggested anywhere. And I can see why, because I mean, if you if you look at just the, you know, if you take it and just look at it out of context, the fact that a guy who just committed to stay with his team a year ago for a multi-year deal, deal. (laughs) one year ago today was Paul George Day in Oklahoma City, because they, you know, he committed to stay and he had said no to the big markets and you know, like all of a sudden, you know, he's already gone and off to L.A., which is where everyone expected him to end up as a free agent, that he didn't end up there. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's crazy. It's It certainly, you know, again, adds to the entertainment value of the NBA and the offseason, as we've discussed a lot in the last few weeks and how the you know the offseason is so anticipated. And, boy, it did not let us down this year. Um, I mean, it, you know, sometimes we build things up and it's like, wow, that was it. But, well... Boy, lots of guys were on the move, including the biggest of names, Duran, Irving, Leonard, Paul George. Uh, I mean, Davis. I'm, I'm probably, <laughs> Anthony Davis, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably forgetting others that, you know, I think I heard yesterday that more than, more than a third of the 15 all-NBA guys are changed teams from, you know, the, the guys who made yeah. the three all-NBA teams this year.
0: Well, um, you so, know, and you've got, like, Mike Conley. Which is like an afterthought right, move, right, you know, leaving could, the Grizzlies. It proved prove to be a huge pickup for Utah. I yeah. Mean, and, you know, Ricky Rubio move. Ricky Rubio is going, yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, Portland, you know, Portland got his son whiteside. And that yeah. could be a big move if he keeps
1: keep his head on straight, a huge if, but,
0: but, but nonetheless, yeah. you know, a talented well, player. Brogdon to um, the Pacers. And, and you right, know, and who right. knows where the fallout's going to be, you know, at the end of this Paul George trade of. You know, can they find someone to take Steven Adams? W- will uh, will the Wizards, you know, swap John Wall and a pick for Westbrook? Yeah, I mean, you
1: know? I, you know, I think the Westbrook Domino is now the one you look at next. Like, okay, well, do they do they move him? Um, and, and, and realistically, who makes sense to get him? And and again, it's always like a you know, like we do in the NBA, we always look to the next thing. You know, it was. Uh, Where's Durant going to go? Well, now that we have an answer on Durant, I'm like ah, it's not interesting anymore. Where's Westbrook going to go? And if Westbrook gets traded, it'll be somebody else that we look at next. But uh, you know, that's what that's what keeps us interested. And and um, I mean, it's it's been like I said, it has not been a letdown these last two weeks. I mean, or three weeks, I guess, when you start with the Davis trade right before the draft, mm-hmm. um, and all the moves at you know on draft night. That were so hard to keep track of, where who who was actually ending up with what player, um, and, and then you know the free agent commitments and all the reports last Sunday was crazy. I mean, I texted you last Sunday, and you know this was before we knew anything about Kawhi or Paul George, and like, man, we got a we got a lot to lot going on in the NBA, and then obviously that turned it on its head on uh, Friday night, Saturday morning when that all came out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know you just go through. Both teams that were in the finals this year have completely yeah. new looks. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, another thing I read yesterday was the last eight finals MVPs, and some of those guys are, you know, have won. Obviously, James won three and Durant won two, Leonard won two. None of them are with the teams they won the finals MVP with. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I mean, Durant won the previous two. Leonard won this year's.
0: Um, Iguodala was the other one that you know. LeBron won one three out
1: of five, and you know Leonard won in 2014 as well. So yeah, I mean the last eight have all changed teams with you know LeBron being the only one that didn't change teams this off season. And Iguodala, who knows where he's going to end up? Cause it doesn't appear he's going to stay in Memphis. Um, now he's not a star at the level of Durant, Leonard, and LeBron, but still, uh, you
0: know, well, be a key player. I was going to say currently. there will be teams interested. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: decides to just wave him and buy him out, which appears to be the likely end result that, you know, the, the Lakers are certainly a landing spot because Palinka's is his former agent. The Clippers could be a landing spot. You know, I mean, there'll be uh, plenty of teams interested in a guy with his experience and, you know, championship medal, as they say, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, it, we're, we're not done yet, but as you said, the, the, the burst ended with Kawhi Leonard and the unexpected Paul George move and, you know, and I don't know if you saw it anywhere. I, I texted you about it yesterday. I found it interesting how this Kawhi Leonard Paul George move has been covered compared to LeBron and Anthony Davis. LeBron got criticized roundly for you know going after Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis got criticized for you know oh, you got a year and a half left on your contract. I haven't heard much criticism of Kawhi Leonard or Paul George for this.
0: No, what the the only thing I've heard is more of a uh, a commentary yeah. about. You know, we got the report from Woj that Kawhi had reached out to KD, and it was right. apparently pretty clear to everyone that you know KD wanted to play with Kyrie Irving, and and they yeah. arranged that to be in Brooklyn. So then Kawhi went through, and you know, when when you talk about the haul that the Thunder got, you know, one of the things the Clippers I've heard had to be thinking was along the lines of. Well, this is the package to get both guys because right. it's unclear Kawhi was interested in coming with the idea that, well, someone might come next year if we can't get someone now. Right. Um, you know, but obviously he reached out to Paul George and Paul George, I guess, soured on being in Oklahoma city and playing with Russell and, Westbrook. Yeah. And pretty much forced
1: his way out. I mean, like, and, you know, and, it, and it's a situation where like, I don't know that that really, Bothers I'm not. I'm not going to be holier than thou and be like, you know, well, should respect his contract, and you know, like, yeah, would I like it if he, you know, seen out his term? I just find the 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 double standard, I guess, because Anthony Davis has been criticized a lot for, you know, boy, you committed to New Orleans with a year and a half left, you went out, and LeBron got criticized for, you know, basically, okay, you know, Anthony Davis, uh, you know, was under contract to another team, and you're openly tampering with him. Well this is worse. Paul George had three more years, maybe four, on his Oklahoma City
0: deal. But but is the difference the public way it was done. We all probably. knew Anthony Davis wanted to be traded. He demanded a trade hit, you know, it was what clutch did. Yeah. They they well, you I know, tried to strong arm the Pelicans. They did. They did and and it, and it didn't happen right away. So that's a big difference that
1: like this one didn't get drawn out. It it, it like we like I said, you know, it wasn't rumored at all, and and it just happened, and so there wasn't time for the sports talk shows to ruminate about it for days and weeks and months. Um, but I also think, you know, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I think there's an appetite to criticize LeBron, um, and maybe not like there used to be, but you know, LeBron is, is an easy target and he has been since he was in high school, and I think it's because of that that it was, like, you know, plus it's the Lakers, and, it, you know, I think all those elements made it easier. This is more like, well, you know, people don't really, we haven't gotten to the point with Kawhi Leonard where people love to criticize him. Maybe we will, but we're not there yet. You know, it's just like, well, Kawhi Leonard, he's a good player. It may change, but right now he's kind of bulletproof.
0: Yeah, I think the other part of this is that we, you know, we all know or presume to know what Paul George said um, and how he went about it. But with Anthony Davis, it's undisputed. He went in and said, "I want to be traded. Right. I want it to go was, to the Lakers. Yeah, here's here's yeah. four teams I'd consider. But if I go anywhere but the Lakers, I'm not resigning."
1: Right. I mean, it was definitely. Uh more public and, and a longer drama. I mean, it didn't happen at the deadline. And so then they had the whole, you know, two months after the deadline and him showing up to the last game with the, you know, that's all folks t-shirt and and it pretty much derailed the Lakers season. It certainly derailed the Pelicans, although they were having a great season anyway. Um, you know, it, it it had more legs to it. But in the end, it's the same exact move. Um, you know, it's it's a guy, it's a superstar going to another star and saying, hey, How about you you ditch that contract of yours and come play with me? Um, And and so it's the same dirty pool. If you find the LeBron-Anthony Davis thing to be dirty pool, and you certainly can, this is too. You you can't have both. You know, you can't treat both things differently, I don't think.
0: Now, the other part of this that I think is a, you know, to to sort of sidestep your argument and go with a results over process, Mm -hmm. the this kind of bailed the Thunder out because they weren't good enough to win. And No, but they were the Pelicans. Right, we're, but, we're close. right, but Anthony Davis was in theory the foundational piece that you could yeah. have built around, whereas Paul George is coming off of a shoulder surgery. True. He's got a metal rod in his ankle. Uh, Westbrook's contract is probably the worst in the NBA besides John Walls. <laughs> yeah, um, ball. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then, you know, Stephen Adams seems to be a bit of an albatross contract at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this I mean, is that, almost – it's one of those things where it's like – I think part of the reason is you're not going to hear anything from the Thunder front office or ownership saying we will not be bullied. We will not be strong probably. because I think quietly just Sam <laughs> Presti is really happy with like, oh, well, I, I just picked up, you know, four yeah. unconditional first-round picks, one lottery-protected first-round pick. And then two pick swaps. Yeah, and, yeah. I,
1: I suppose
0: that's that's another
1: difference. I guess in a way, although it's an, it still doesn't.
0: What's well, it a results totally difference? It's, it's it, it is a results, but it, but also thinking about it like the Lakers are considered, you
1: know, the, the big bad bully. Now they haven't been of late, but they're the Lakers. You know, they they always will have that. Well, and they've
0: tried out. to be. Right. <laughs> you
1: know, and and so it's like, oh, the Lakers want to come and take little old New Orleans best player and we should feel sad for New Orleans because the big bad bully LA is coming in to take another small market star whereas the Clippers who are also from LA are viewed differently and, and you know for good reason because uh, the they Clippers share a
0: building that the they don't brother. own with the Lakers? Right. you know and, and they will
1: still be viewed as the little brother even if they win the NBA title this year and, you know that's just the way it is you don't change it kind of like you know soccer doesn't become our national pastime in one year the Clippers don't become bigger than the Lakers in one year. We may see the day where those two franchises are on even footing, but it's a long ways off. You know, the, the Lakers have, uh, what, 17 NBA titles, 16, and the Clippers have never been to the finals. So we're not close to that right now. Um, you know, so I, I think that's probably another part of it was the, was the feeling of, you know, sort of like when the Yankees, you know, trade for somebody from the Oakland A's, and it's like, ugh. The, the big bad bully in the yeah. league just won't stop taking the little guys from the you know small markets.
0: Yeah, well it was you know it's like situation. when they went and got Giambi after he won the MVP, and right. it's like oh right, you know. yeah here we go again. You know like
1: so I, I suppose all of that contributes, and really I do believe the difference between LeBron and Kawhi Leonard is part of it too. You know if you talk about the star doing the recruiting to LA, LeBron's the, the chosen one, the guy who we were told at 16 years old is going to be the greatest thing ever. And, and, you know, has remained uh, a megastar for now close to two decades. Kawhi Leonard is the guy who went to San Diego State, who nobody really knew much about, who was a supporting player for the Spurs for his first few years, and just in the last two to three years has really become a superstar. We don't know enough about him yet to hate him. It'll yeah. come, though, probably.
0: Well, now that he's in L.A. It, right, you know. right. I mean, you know, the, the venom will come just as it does me. We talked about
1: this a few a few weeks ago when the Bucks got beat and how the reaction you know, you started to see the little bit of venom toward Giannis. Oh, is Giannis over and it's like, you know, it happens. We we can't we can't love someone for too long before the, the negativity comes out.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's for sure true. Um, so we'll
1: see, but but I just I found that interesting uh, because it was just like I thought, boy, where's the I think you, you said this. It was more of a, of a statement about, wow, the players really have all the power and they can force their way out rather than really anger about it, which is what it felt like about Anthony Davis.
0: Yeah. So I have a couple storyline questions for you. Okay. What do you think happens first? We get a story that says the Nets would be better off. If they would have just kept uh, no Kyrie and and stuck D'Angelo with yeah kept and stuck with Russell who was an yeah. All Star etc cetera, etc, cetera. Uh, when do we get the story that says this versus which is earlier that one or the Sixers should have tried harder to keep Jimmy and not gotten <laughs> Al Horford? Yeah, probably the first
1: one. Because I think Kyrie, you know, in the same sense we were just—I was just—you know—LeBron and Kawhi Leonard. There's not a there's not a venom towards Al Horford. There is a little bit of a venom towards Simmons and Embiid, uh, you know. But, but I think there is a there is definitely a venom and maybe well deserved towards Kyrie Irving. People don't like him. He he talks his way into people disliking him, um, and and so I think it's probably going to be that one. I mean, certainly if the Nets start out struggling next year. At all, I mean, if they're um, you know ten and twelve after twenty two games, it's going to be you know uh, Kyrie's overrated. They should have just kept him. And and I'll look I'll look further into the future. Here's the storyline I could see developed. The Nets have a pretty good team, and let's say they make it to the second round or so next year without Durant. Then what we hear the story of, well, maybe they're better off without Durant.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I think that you'll, I mean, someone, because there's just too much cable sports news. somebody's got to say it. Yeah.
1: Because, uh, you know, and and I guess I'm spinning it forward almost like a season and a half now. They have a pretty good year, you know, a la the Celtics without Kyrie Irving. And then what happened this year? They have a pretty good year. You see Durant come back. He's maybe 75, 80% of what he was before because he's coming off a a, major injury and it's going to be, oh, uh, Durant has ruined all their chemistry. This good young
0: team has been submarined by having to play around a, a hobbled Kevin Durant. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it'll be also, I think, if Durant doesn't come back at an MVP level, mm-hmm. it's just a, how could you max out a guy right. where one full <laughs> year is rehab. A right. second year is him trying to play off it's the rust, still kind of working his way back. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, and that brings up another, uh, you know, another storyline that emerged last week. And, and will the, you know, now we love to use the Knicks as a punching bag, and they they deserve it because they make a lot of stupid decisions. But will time prove that maybe their hesitancy on Durant, if they were really hesitant, and I'll I'll put that caveat under that I don't really believe it, but maybe they were right. Like, you know, what if what if Durant never recovers anywhere near the form he had before? You know, will, will that be one that everybody's making fun of the Knicks now, but maybe three four years from now are like, well, maybe they were right to avoid Kevin Durant.
0: Yeah, it, here's the thing. The move they made to just decide outright, look, we're not offering him the, the full boat, kind of created an obvious thing of like, well, look, we got our meeting, we set our piece, and he didn't want to come yeah. here. But, you know, anyone who reads, and, and to their credit, Knicks fans are pretty knowledgeable with things like this, yeah. they'll know, look, we we weren't really trying to get him. So that front office better hope they're right. Right. Um, and and the whole, that whole thing, just to me, it screamed, um, and, and, and maybe it didn't work,
1: but it screamed spin. It screamed out of, of an agenda to get out there that, well, he didn't turn us down. We didn't give him what he wanted you know, and and even though they got criticized a lot for that, isn't that in some ways better than saying, boy, the, again, the little brother Brooklyn Nets, sort of the same as, you know, Lakers Clippers, just beat us out to the star that we lusted after? No, we didn't. I mean, it's sort of that recruiting pit. Well, you know, what do we always hear in recruiting when, a, you know, you have a guy you really want bad and then he chooses another school? Well, we didn't really want him anyway. He didn't really fit, you know. You kind of get that
0: spin out there, of like. So you're okay, saying th- this is the e- w- this is the equivalent of when a coach says, "I'm taking myself out of consideration for a job that I wasn't going to yes, get offered anyway." Because he wasn't going to get it.
1: And yeah, I think so. I, I think, and and I mean, I thought that as soon as I heard it on last Sunday when that report came out, I just thought this just seems like spin. And then Dan Patrick made the point that, well, we're talking about how the Knicks weren't going to offer him the full max. Do we know if the Knicks or if Durant was ever going to go to the Knicks if they had? And that's an important point, too. Like, let's say they had offered him that. Was he ever going to go there? Doesn't seem like it. Seems like he was pretty set on playing with Kyrie Irving and that Kyrie Irving had made a decision to go to the Nets and that the Knicks were not really a serious player. And so, doesn't it make the Knicks look just a little bit better, even though they've gotten ripped for it, if they get the message out there that, well, we weren't going to give him the full money anyway? So, we. You know, we didn't get turned down on even footing. We got turned down because we were a little hesitant. And, and you know, again, that, that verdict's not going to be in for a year, or two years, three years, whether or not that hesitancy was smart or not.
0: It it speaks to sort of a, an almost accidental uh, ethos of the Knicks front office of we are not going to pay for an injured star. Right, you know, which they have done a ton, and it's backfired. it you know, it backfired
1: immensely with Amari Sautermeier. They gave him a ton, worked out for about one year, maybe year and a half, and then it became an albatross. And so, you know, maybe they're right. And I, I mean, again, I know the Knicks set themselves up to be a punching bag for making stupid decision after stupid decision for about two decades now. Maybe just maybe, if they really were hesitant again, I'm not even sure I believe they were hesitant. But if they were, maybe that was gonna. Maybe that will prove to be the right hesitancy. We don't know what Durant's going to be when he comes back.
0: Well, and look with the way the cap is structured, guys who are in their late 20s extension window right. or new contract window, they are the ones who are the most valuable because they are the ones when they get the max deal whose value might actually exceed that contract. Right, right. If you don't believe that by the time he is back healthy and he's in his 30s, he will be worth it, then it is probably the better move from a from a team building perspective, if not yeah. a public relations perspective. To keep your powder dry and wait, and maybe in two years you can (laughs) convince Giannis to come. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, you know, and I don't know if that is
1: really – now, the problem the Knicks have is that, you know, their owner went on radio and without obviously mentioning any names, basically said, you know, a couple years ago or a couple months back, I think it was March, you know we're going to, this is going to be a summer where we're going to get impact free agents. And they traded Porzingis, and the feeling was, well, they're doing this so that they can clear two max cap spaces and look out, they're going to get Kyrie and and Durant, and they know it. And and so it's hard now to get neither of them and say, well, this is what we wanted all along, because it doesn't seem like it's what they wanted all along. Uh, But, you know, really, I mean, maybe three years from now, we might look back and think, yeah, it's probably better off they didn't sign Kevin Durant. Now maybe not. Maybe Durant will come back and he'll be the exception to the rule on Achilles recoveries. And in twenty twenty one and two, he'll be an MVP level player, and the Nets will be in the finals. And then then the Knicks will have even more egg on their face than they do now. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, it just you know, I really just think it screamed of, of spin. It's almost you know, your your example is is very much on the money too. And I thought of. I thought of recruits um, because it happens all the time. I mean, I've joked with you about that when, you know, we were going to get Bruce Irvin when he was at Juco. He had committed to ASU. Then he changed his mind. and went to West Virginia. And the spin was, well, we didn't really need him. He's a bit of a bad character. His family has question marks. Like, well, you know, you wanted him. You wanted him bad. And then as soon as you didn't get him, like, well, we're we're better off without him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that is exactly how this played out. And the, as you said, the, the question of this offseason will you know, not be answered for two or more years. With
1: Durant, yeah.
0: You yeah, know, this exactly.
1: Is, and that, that is the one thing that is somewhat, I mean, as much as I say this, 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 trans, this period of, of transactions did not let us down, and it didn't, it's the Durant one that was supposed to carry the day and with him getting hurt and missing all of next year. That one feels like it's a, it's not as dramatic as it was supposed to be. Um, uh, I mean, if he was to leave Golden State, it was supposed to feel like wow, that's league shifting, and it didn't turn out that way at least right now because he wasn't going to play this year anyway, in all likelihood.
0: I, I think for me, the other you know interesting question as you look at this and, and the reshaped landscape of the of the NBA is what are you as a fan thinking? when we don't now have the favorite, you know? I think
1: it's great. I mean, I, I love it now, you know, and it's, it's interesting because the NBA does thrive on, you know, having the team to beat. And one will probably emerge. I mean, you know, two, three years from now, we'll probably have a team like Golden State was, or before that Miami was, or before that, you know, the, the Lakers were in the early 2000s, and then again in the late 2000s, and, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it, it happens that way in the NBA. But, I, I mean, I can't wait for next NBA season. I think the West, you can make a compelling argument that six or seven teams could win the West right now. Now, you know, when it comes to playoff time, it probably won't be that wide open. But I think both L.A. teams, I think, you know, Utah, Denver, Portland, who were all pretty good last year and have seemingly all gotten better in the offseason. Um, Houston hasn't gone away completely. Uh, even though everybody's ready to write them off, that, like they were the they were the West team that gave Golden State the toughest time the last two years, so that's six teams right there that that I think you know you could make a decent case could be in the finals. Yeah, and I mean the East seems not quite as wide open. I think you'd probably say Milwaukee and Philly look like the,
0: the teams to beat uh, with Toronto. Probably taken a pretty clear step back. Yeah, I mean, I think Boston. It depends Boston's on if uh, how how quickly Oladipo comes back. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, and, and Boston if Kemba Walker. You know, can can do
1: what Kyrie Irving didn't, which is which is mesh well with their young guys. Then maybe Boston could still be a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I I like what Philly's done. I, I like Jimmy Butler a lot, and and you know, you mentioned that move, and I. It's, uh, they probably will receive some criticism if it doesn't work out, um, but I, you know, I like getting Horford. I think Horford will take some heat off of Embiid um, as an inside scorer. He's a he's a good just he's a good team guy, um, and, you know. And Butler, that's the question with him is he is he a good team guy? Probably not. Horford is he's a vet. He's you know he's just a good guy to have around those guys. Um, they they got Josh Richardson in the Butler deal. Who's a good young player. Like I I like what they've done a lot. They made the best out of a tough situation with all those free agents.
0: So then the the last thing I had on my NBA list to raise with you was three and a half weeks ago, you would have said the Kawhi Leonard deal and the Paul George deal Mm -hmm. show that you absolutely should try to get these guys and bring them into your system and convince them. I I still believe... (laughs) That yeah. no, even with all of this, you do that. If you're the Raptors, you do exactly that Kawhi deal 10 times out of 10. That, 100%. You yes. Know, yes. But does this narrative now go away? Because it, it all fell apart in, you know. A, with George leaving, especially. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. And I almost even said that when,
1: when we were talking about Paul George earlier. Like, you know, for the last 12 months, we've heard. Well, you know, you take a chance and maybe you convince the guy to stay. And look at Oklahoma City with Paul George. They convinced him to stay and everything's peaches and cream there. And now he's gone and he forced his way out to go to L.A. Um, and, and, you know, Kawhi Leonard did leave after a year, which is what everybody said a year ago. Oh, it's only going to be a one year rental. Now, you know, as you said, and I totally agree for the Raptors. I mean, it is 100 percent the right move. They won an NBA title. That I mean, that is the dream. If you're going to get a one-year rental, you, you know he's he's the best player on your team. You win an NBA championship, and you say, "Well, you know what? Thanks for the memories. Good luck going back home. Uh, you know, we'll we'll give you a standing O when you come back next year." Yeah, and I mean,
0: if you t- if you told me that the the Raptors as a team were going to, when all was said and done, retire his number for one season, I'd be like, okay. He, yeah, I could see it. You know, yeah, he was yeah, the I mean, he you know. he was the MVP. He was. I yeah, I, I, yeah. I I don't know if I told this to you. If the uh, if the Brewers had kept winning last year, there mm-hmm. was a lot of speculation here because every game they were pulling out somebody to throw out the first pitch. You know, mm-hmm. and who mm-hmm. should it be? And I thought if they if they kept going, I wanted Sabathia to do it because because uh, yes, yes. CC Sabathia right. changed the culture of this franchise. Yeah. in four yeah. months you know yeah oh i i mean i i think so and and uh, certainly if you you know
1: have that but certainly winning a winning a title is is the goal it's everybody's dream they did it um it was the right move and and you know i was talking
0: to uh i was talking to my mom yesterday and, you know she was here and loyal listeners like you know
1: yes yes exactly <laughs> she won't have made it this far but i'll tell her to, i'll tell her to skip to about 40 minutes in so she can hear her name. Um, but, uh, you know, she was like, well, so are Toronto fans upset? Like, if they are, they need to get over themselves. Like, honestly, you know, like, I'm sure there are some because fans just like to be upset, but you, he's free agent. It was his right to leave. You knew that was, that was part of the deal all along when you got him. Was He was a free agent. He might not stay more than one year, but he gave you everything he had for one year. You won an NBA title, and you'd never won anything before. Like, if you're yeah. upset then you will just never be happy as
0: a fan. Well, and the thing is I could see being here and being disappointed and thinking, man, we, we really could have we really could have kept building, but sure. you know, this is this is the conversation that you and I have all the time about ASU. Would oh, you yeah. would you trade away future opportunities if you knew you'd reach the pinnacle once? Yes. And it that yes, cuz that's the yeah, point. I
1: would. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean I was—I was just going to say, college is different because you don't—you know—you don't get a guy for eight to ten years or something, obviously. But—but but, I mean, if you said that we could get a—and football, you don't get it. But let's let's say football. Let's say football. We got a, a grad transfer quarterback, a la what, like Russell Wilson did with Wisconsin, and he came in as a senior and he led us to a national championship. Would I be all for you know retiring his number, putting him in the in the school Hall of Fame, Ring of Honor, all that stuff? Uh huh. Yeah, one year can, can be that good if it's, if it's that good. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, to me it's that same idea. Now, I mean, that's a little bit apples and oranges because, again, in college, you know, guys don't stay for a decade. But, you know, basketball is the same way. If we got a one and done, if we had an Anthony Davis or a Carmelo Anthony or somebody like that, uh, you know, come in one year, put the team on his back, win a national title, even get to a Final Four, something we've never done before in school history. You know that guy's a legend forever. James Harden's a legend here, and he got to the second round. Like yeah. I mean, you know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to you have to realize that's the that's the sliding scale, and and for Toronto, I you know I don't think it changes that narrative at all. But you know, your point is certainly well taken, and one that I thought of too, which is we've we've kind of had this spin out there with Paul George as the poster boy for. You know, take a chance on getting a guy. There was no way Oklahoma City was going to make Paul George happy. Well, then he did, and everything was peachy, and they had a big party at Russell Westbrook's house, and he stayed, and he didn't even give the Lakers a meeting, and everybody felt real good about the small markets won. Well, they, they won temporarily, but, but then they lost in the end.
0: Yeah, well, and look, the, the story everyone is telling, and it's absolutely true, he wasn't going to give the Raptors a meeting. And no. then he gave them the final meeting. They right. did everything right. they could to keep him, and yeah. Yeah. he didn't want to play there. Which, you know what? If you're in your late 20s and you decide you don't want to live in Toronto anymore right. and, and someone will pay you the same amount of money to do the same job no. in L.A., that's okay. Well, and that's the other thing. He didn't get the same. I mean, he, he had to
1: take less. I mean, if you if you go back to what he could have made today with Spurs, he gave up $90 million. A, a, a max deal with the Spurs would have been like $230 million. Now, he's still making 140 so nobody's going to be shedding any tears for Kawhi Leonard's bank account. But, you know, he, he took what he wanted, or he went for what he wanted, and didn't value the money in the years over where he wanted to be. And and that's the, that's the thing. He's free agent. So you shouldn't be upset with that. Now, if you're New Orleans and you're upset that Anthony Davis forced his way out, I get it. If you're Oklahoma City fan and you're upset Paul George forced his way out, I get it. You should be. Uh, but, you know, when, when a guy's a free agent, he has the right to go anywhere he wants. And that's what he chose to do.
0: Yeah. And, and but it, while he was there, I it, mean, you can't be upset at what he gave you. Well, and it's – I mean, I, I thought that the quote that sums it up perfectly was what Nick Nurse said, which was yeah. he was a joy to coach. You know, he did everything we asked of him, and I, you know, and I thank him for everything he did. And now I want to kick his ass every game. (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure. And I mean, and that's the thing—he could have easily been a a, a Um, distraction. A a malcontent. He could have been a malcontent.
1: Out left and right, and you know, I mean, he go. Oh, not feeling. Soft tissue
0: injuries are always susceptible to being exaggerated
1: exactly now he did you know they did you know sit him out 20 some games or something but that was with the team cooperating i mean he Good. could have made it a bad situation he could have gone there and said i don't want to be here this sucks i you know i want to well, go somewhere else and i'm just going to force my way through this year so that i can be a free agent and he didn't do
0: that well and how about in the playoffs he didn't sit a game he no, didn't he, did not. he didn't and take off quarters or halves Right, you know, I, you know, he played every game, and he was he was banged up from about the you know second
1: round on. You could tell he wasn't quite hundred percent. Now he still played really well, and everybody's got their you know nicks and bumps by you know
0: May yeah. June. Well, but um, I think I can't remember if it was on Zach Lowe's podcast or whose podcast I was listening to, but that it was not that people thought he wouldn't play but that when the raptors would walk into the locker room on the day of the game in the you know from the eastern conference finals and the finals right. they they always wanted to see how he was walking and see right. how because he just hadn't been you know healthy yeah. yeah i mean the first two rounds he was incredible and and you know the last two
1: rounds he was still really good but he wasn't as good he wasn't as efficient he, he, you know, he didn't have the same explosiveness. Other guys stepped up and helped him win. I mean, like, the the narrative is going to be that Kawhi Leonard carried them to a title. Yeah. It's not 100% true. I mean, they, they got contributions from a lot of guys.
0: Well, and Dan, basically, title. I mean, everyone chalks it up to when his child was born. But when he right. started getting hurt is when Van Vliet started playing yes. great.
1: Yes, I mean, he played great. Danny Green had a couple great games.
0: Uh, New Laker, know, Danny Green. New Laker, Danny Green exactly yes uh, Danny Graham good pickup for the Lakers I mean I, you know I, I think we talked a couple of weeks back
1: and when they created the room to get another Max guy and I said you know if they could get Kawhi Leonard that'd be great but in, but in a way you know you've got to have a team and if they got those three like who are you going to get around them well I thought they did a pretty good job yesterday of you know making the best of the situation with Danny Green I think the flyer they took on DeMarcus Cousins very you know Inexpensive and could be really good uh, if he's healthier in year two, coming back from the Achilles injury, like we just talked about with Durant.
0: Yeah, Um,
1: you know Quinn Cook, nice young player. I was going to say the
0: combination Uh, of Cook and Rondo is is not Not terrible.
1: Not bad. I mean, like you know, look, the the team is going to go as far as LeBron and Anthony Davis take them. They are the stars, but that's that's two of the top ten players in the league. I'd say you need to have guys around like we were just talking about with Toronto. Yeah, they had Kawhi Leonard. And he was great. But they got, you know, it, it wasn't every game, but it was somebody different every game. Yeah. It was Van Vliet. It was Laudan. It was Ibaka. It was Siakam. It was Gasol, you know. And, and that's a team. And, I mean, the Warriors had that. Even with, yeah, Durant, Curry were unstoppable at Thompson. But they had Sean Livingston and Andrea Godala and, and uh, Maurice Spates, and You know, I mean, those guys helped them win a title or titles. So, you know... I think the Lakers did okay. I really do. I mean it would if they had gotten Kawhi, everybody would have just handed them a title and I wouldn't have gone along with that either. Like, yeah, it would've been imposing to have those three guys, but who else do you have? Because three guys don't win a championship. You gotta have a, a team of, you know, eight or nine guys that can play.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's look, it's fun. It was a it was a very silly off season. It was. It was, it was everything yeah. that people wanted.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean it was inter- that that Sunday was uh you know, the news was just flying left and right. I mean I I watched I don't watch this show at all. I watched, you know, the jump for most of the five hours it was on because it just felt like, you know, every ten minutes something else would come out and they were talking you know, I was I was glued to it. And and that's not a show I even really like watching that much. Um, but I mean yeah, it was it was entertaining. Um and there was plenty of movement made for, for you know, I, I was listening to somebody a few days before last weekend say, you know, well, it seems like, you know, we build these things up and then they're disappointing and guys don't leave and they stay. Well, that certainly did not happen this off season. We didn't have very many guys stay. Clay Thompson was really the only big-name free agent who stayed with his team and that was considered pretty much a done deal all year. There really wasn't much rumor that he
0: was ever going to leave. Well, the thing that's interesting about this is we were, in a lot of ways, promised the spectacle. Yes. And oftentimes in sports, when it's not... It doesn't happen. Yeah. When it's not something like professional wrestling, and even that apparently now is not a guarantee, (laughs) but when the outcome is in doubt, and you're not, you know, you often don't get the spectacle. You don't. (laughs) You don't, no. I mean, and, and, you know, the thing I always think of is like straight deadlines,
1: in basketball and baseball, especially because we, we build them up, and and a lot of years it's like, oh, this guy could get traded, this guy, and then you know the deadline comes and goes, and it's like, uh, that was it. Yeah, right.
0: a lot of a then, lot of middle relievers.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, double reserve infielders, uh, you know, a, a journeyman three and D guy in basketball or something, but but not uh, not a lot of stars. Well, I mean, if you want star movement, you got it. Um, yeah. I looked it up while we were talking. Five of the fifteen All NBA guys are not with the same team. And that doesn't include Anthony Davis, who wasn't all NBA this year, but, but was, you know, last year. Uh, So, I mean, six stars, legit stars in the league, are, are with different teams now. That's, that's, you know, if you want movement, you got it.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that is not at all surprising, given what, you know, the era we're in. Oh, I agree.
1: I agree. I mean, and that's, that's another thing, you know. The trade deadline is sometimes lets lets down, but I heard whoever it was was talking about like it seems like you know free agency. We always talk about guys leaving and then they end up staying. And I'm thinking, well, not not really in basketball. I mean, let's look at the last decade in basketball. LeBron has changed teams three times, and he's the biggest star in the game. Kevin Durant has now changed teams twice, and he's probably the second biggest star in the game. Uh, Kyrie Irving has changed teams twice. Kawhi Leonard has changed teams twice. Like. We Whoa. get a lot of movement in
0: basketball. Uh, like, you know, the big names do move around. I, all right, I got one for you. These are the 2017 All-Star rosters. Okay. All right, and the team they played on at the time. Okay. Kyrie Irving, Cavs, gone. DeMar DeRozan, Raptors. On second team since then. Yeah, yeah. DeMar DeRozan, DeRozan Raptors, yeah. gone. LeBron gone. James, Cavs, gone. Jimmy Butler, gone. Bulls, gone. Giannis, third team since then yeah.
1: Butler's now on his third different roster Yeah, yeah okay, Giannis, still
0: with the same yeah. team Isaiah Thomas, Celtics, gone God, he's on his what? Like fifth yeah. team since then John Wall, Wizards, Kevin Love, Cavs.
1: <laughs> and Kevin Love might be on the move soon yeah.
0: Carmelo Anthony, Knicks, gone <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's on his He's not on a team And he's been with like four different teams since then
0: Lowry, Raptors okay. Still there Paul yeah. George Pacers, gone. Kemba team since then. Hornets, gone. Okay, Millsap Hawks, gone. Gone. He's on his second team since then, I believe. So then you go to the West. Curry, okay. Harding, still with their teams. Okay. The, the three other starters, Durant, Warriors, gone. Leonard, Spurs, gone. Davis, Pelicans has yeah. gone. Yeah, and Leonard's
1: been on two teams since then.
0: The reserves, you get a little closer. Westbrook, Thompson, Green... All still with their teams: Thunder, Unless Warriors, Warriors. Could be on the move soon, but yeah, okay. But then, Boogie Kings gone. <laughs> Marcus Grizzlies since. gone. Three teams since. Gasol gone, yeah. DeAndre Jordan Clippers gone. Multiple teams since. And Gordon Hayward Jazz. Okay, gone. Yeah this yeah, this so. game was played February nineteenth of yeah. twenty seventeen. Yeah, we're less than thirty months from that game, and
1: and yeah, mo- more than half of the guys. Are with a different team with uh, I would venture just from memory about a third have been on multiple teams since that game
0: I mean that's crazy
1: so yeah if you if you want you know player movement you got it in basketball and I mean you know again I think you, you said it and you didn't I mean I don't know what your opinion is um, I love the fact that there's not like a clear team to beat next year I think that keeps it interesting the fact that we go into next year with maybe 8 or 10 teams that
0: you think Legitimately could win the title It, it Look, it creates parity It does what it's supposed to do it, it will keep interest in a different way As opposed yeah. to how we've been watching it Which is who will knock off the Warriors Or who will beat right. LeBron Right, right Yeah, and, and again, I, I get cycles And I'm
1: sure there will be a team That emerges, maybe whoever wins next year Because next year doesn't figure to be like this offseason You know, there's not a lot of big name free agents think hey, Draymond Green is, is the biggest name, you know, and he's he's not a, a mega star guy. Um, and so, you know, if the if the Clippers win the title next year, maybe they become that team to beat. Maybe they get the target on their back or if the Bucks do or if the Lakers do or, you know. But right now, I think it's I mean, I think it's healthy for the NBA. Cause, uh, you know, last year wasn't wasn't the healthiest. It's not healthy for a league when the season starts for everybody to be zeroed in on what's going to happen after the season. And that's where we were. Now, it, like I said, it, it was exciting. It didn't let us down. But you want the season itself to be exciting, and and it really wasn't because everyone felt all along. We know who's going to win. So they didn't end up winning, but you, you can't go back and change that, you know. And and most of the season, there was a sort of collective like, "Yeah, wake us up in July when things get interesting."
0: Yeah. Well, and even. You know, had the Warriors been fully healthy, I think people would still have believe, yeah. yeah, that they were going to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I,
1: you know, I think you could certainly make that argument, and that's that's another reason why, in some ways, the feeling still is like, well, yeah, Toronto won, and look, they they absolutely deserve to win. I don't buy this whole asterisk thing. That's stupid. But you know, the, the general narrative is still like, well, uh, still the Warriors here. They just got hurt um and and so now you'll go into next year with uh, you know and i mean we should not write off golden state you know i listed six teams that could win the west golden state's still probably going to be pretty good um you know i mean curry's still really good they still have green thompson figures to come back you know second half of the season if they get in the playoffs they could still be a real tough team because that trio was the core of the 2015 team that won a title
0: yeah yeah.
1: Now, granted, they're all five years older by that point, so it's not exactly the same. But you know, that like we shouldn't write them off. So there's there's seven teams in the West, and
0: that doesn't count the Spurs, who you know made some nice additions, got in the playoffs last and, year. And Murray's it, it doesn't coming count back. New Orleans.
1: Yeah, Murray's coming back. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the Spurs be a playoff team. Um, New Orleans made some really nice additions. I don't think they're going to contend for a title, but they could make the playoffs next year. So there's there's nine teams in the West. Well, one of those nine, at least, is not making the playoffs. And and I'm probably forgetting that you know Sacramento was was a pretty solid team last year. Had a you know had a good chance to make it till near the end.
0: Well, and um, signed, I believe signed Harrison Barnes.
1: They did. They did. Yeah. You know, you know and they're, they're a young team that figures to get better. Now, granted, they they have a mess of an organization that could probably, you know, stunt that growth very easily. Uh but I mean that that's that's pretty good. And the East, like I said, I think I think it's tough to make an argument for anybody but Milwaukee and Philly to be the favorite, but that doesn't mean they'll win because last year at this time, I don't think very many of us would have had Toronto win in the
0: East. Everyone had the Celtics. Everyone had the Celtics.
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I mean everyone had the Celtics. And I mean I say last year at this time, probably if you asked most people in March of this year, not very many people would have picked Toronto to win the East. Oh. Even though they were the number two team. It was it was Milwaukee, it was Philly, and it was Boston that still got more notice.
0: Yeah, absolutely true. So, yeah, I mean you're right. Boston was
1: handed the East, you know, oh they, they got to the game seven of the conference finals and now Kyrie and Hayward are back. They're gonna they're gonna win sixty plus games and just roll to the finals. Well, it didn't
0: happen that way. Yeah. You would think games are starting next week with the way we're talking, but uh, we got, we've <laughs> but got, see,
1: that's, I mean, I love the fact that I'm excited for next NBA season because I really, you know, like last year at this time, I certainly was not thinking like, man, I, I can't wait for next NBA season. It's more like, Ugh, I'm sure the Warriors will probably win again, uh, you know, I mean, so I, I, I can't wait. I mean, I'm looking forward to schedule coming out in about a month and. Uh, you know, it'll it'll be more fun, I believe, for for me as a fan. I think for just the general basketball fan, it'll be a fun year to kind of see how it shakes out, who emerges as the teams to beat by April.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll. But yeah, we have got some time and <laughs> before that. We got football. I was gonna say we'll, we'll probably do our full NFL and college previews before uh, we we will you know, get we into will. this, I, but. I think probably,
1: you know, this. We've, we've done a lot of basketball talk the last month or so, and appropriately. Uh, but, you know, this is probably us putting a bow on the NBA talk for, for a while, and, you know, we'll, we'll start to gear our attention toward the upcoming football season here now.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, um, and Mrs. Story, if you made it all the way to the end, <laughs> thank you. I, I know you listened to the beginning. I'm hoping you heard Matt uh, mention you about 45 <laughs> minutes in, and if you're still with us, You're the only one besides me who's probably going to listen to the end.
1: Uh, Yes, I'll, I'll tell her to make sure she listens at least to the last
0: 15 minutes or so. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.